0: Okay, hey guys. Welcome to Consume, podcast by me, Burton Olivier, where I talk about all the things I consume, with the main framework being my watch a movie everyday challenge for twenty twenty one. And it's also uh my daily diary. And man, this is this is episode forty that we're starting here, the fortieth week, which is wild. It means we only got twelve more weeks and then I'm done. I'll be free, <laughs> I won't have to do this, uh, we'll see, I'm still deciding, because like right now in my mind, I'm going to get to the end, and then I'm going to do one more episode, like a, like a look back episode, so there'll be 53 episodes total, and I'm not sure if I'll keep doing the challenge. Because the whole point of this was I felt like I was neglecting movies because I hadn't like really watched any of my own volition in a long time unless it was like going to the theater. So So I think I'll keep like movie watching as a more regular part of my like activities at home, but I'm not sure if I want to subject myself to another year of this challenge. Maybe I'll shift it to be, like, a comics-focused or, like, music-focused, but then that would be even more impenetrable for people to listen to. Uh, whatever. Who, who cares? Uh, we'll, we'll get to that (laughs) in a few months. Um, today I didn't do too much. I just read, uh, and did laundry. Starting to feel a little better. If you listened to last week's episode, you know that I've been, like, feeling like shit, and I finally just had the simple thought, like, I don't know why this didn't occur to me. Maybe I'm just a little sick. Maybe I just had, like, a bug, a little cold somehow. Like, it did get chilly here uh, in the mornings. It was, like, high 50s, low 60s, which is cold for me. I don't want to hear you fucking Midwest uh, people (laughs) get on me about that shit. I uh, grew up on an island, and I live in L.A. It's not supposed to be cold here. Uh, So, yeah, maybe I just had a little bug. Maybe stress and a combination of that just, like, gave me a little sinus infection, and that's what this all has been. I just hope i feel uh good or better because sunday i'm going to probably watch fucking six hours of wrestling live going to a live show for the first time in a long time we'll see part of me still feels like i might bail but who knows um and then my birthday is coming up this week turning 32 it's weird whatever i'll mope about that on the day uh (laughs) Let's just get into today's movie. Uh, so today I'm, I'm going through my watch list chronologically still picking a movie from, uh, each year in my watch list. So today's movie was number 283 over the year. So I was, I watched, uh, from 1983, I was going to watch Valley Girl because I feel like that's a more important blind spot to fill, but it wasn't on any of the streaming services that uh letterbox said it was on maybe october like september was the last month of like the deal so they dropped so i couldn't find valley girl so instead i watched winners and Sinners, which is a you know sound a hong kong action comedy kung fu movie uh by sammo hung and uh with their gang his like usual like group of guys and jackie chan i've watched earlier in the year i watched my lucky stars which is like technically a sequel to this but they're not like connected by story uh it's just the troop like the group of guys like the main five or six guys and uh, this one's a lot of fun it's very stupid it's very silly uh but it's really fun it's like barely a movie even. So it's like all these guys, we start the movie with them all getting caught for doing various silly crimes. They become friends in prison and they get released on the same day and they decide to like be friends and open, <laughs> like, a start a cleaning service together called Five Lucky Stars, uh, cleaning service and then they get wrapped up in this like nonsensical plot of like two gangs and like uh counterfeit money and also Jackie Chan is like an inept police officer that they keep running into and this is like the bare bones framework just for them to like do bits and like have fun with each other (laughs) and like they like you know silly shit like spill drinks on each other and uh there's like one whole like side joke like a good five almost 10 minutes in the movie where one of the guys is reading a book on how to become invisible and the guys see that he the other guys see that he's reading this and so they all just go along with this bit and it's just this dude walking around the house naked doing silly shit and everyone letting him believe that he's invisible very dumb but it's fun i i like this like group like every guy in the group has a very distinct look and personality, and they're all, like, very fun. There's cool fights. Uh, Jackie Chan does a lot of cool stuff. Sammo Hung kicks ass, and it's nice to see a big boy uh, do some sick kung fu, and uh, there's a lot of cool stunts. There's a real inexplicable section in the middle where Jackie Chan, uh, his police officer character, is in a roller skating, like, competition where he does, like, tricks, and, like, he like jumps through hoops and like a flaming hoop and he does like a limbo on roller skates and then like a half pipe like section where he does like flips and stuff. It's not Jackie Chan. He's like skating in some of the parts, but there is like guys like doubles who come in and like do the actual like crazy roller skating stunts. And then like the deal between the two gangs is supposed to happen to this, but like some random thugs like steal the briefcase that the counterfeit money is in. And so Jackie, there's a whole sequence where Jackie Chan is like chasing this guy on roller skates and then it's like a whole sketching like stunt thing where he's like being dragged behind trucks and stuff and then like ducks under a like um, big rig trailer, like skates under it like like a car from Fast and Furious. And then they end this sequence with like a 40 car pileup because fuck it, why not? Let's wreck a bunch of cars. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. This, it rules. This whole thing, it's just a lot of fun. This is a good... Like, I think if you're hanging out with some people and you just want to, like, have something on the TV to, like, comment on while you can still, like, talk, and then every once they'll be like, oh, shit, that's what this is for. Uh, so, yeah, winners and centers. uh, I'll give four stars. Very enjoyable uh, watching experience. Uh, yeah, that's it for today. We'll see you tomorrow. Okay, hey, guys. It is Saturday, and it's weird. It's almost 1030 at night, and I'm home alone. Dexter went out to hang out with some friend he made at at, uh, at work, and yeah, first time either one of us has hung out with anyone, really, since this all started, uh, and if you're wondering, yes, it does kind of freak me out that he's out doing stuff, uh, potentially getting exposed to the Delta variant, but apparently his friend is very good at COVID safety at work, and they're going to an outdoor concert that requires proof of vaccination, so it should be fine. I know I'm supposed to go to that wrestling show tomorrow, and I don't think they said anything about proof of vaccination (laughs) or negative tests. It is outside, apparently, though I'm fully expecting to drive up and see the parking lot completely normal and then be like, no, well, we decided to just do it inside. Sorry, guys. Well, hopefully not. I don't know. I know isolation was getting to Dexter, so this is good for him. Uh, But yeah, I did the same thing I always do. Just read comics and listen to music all day uh anyways let's get to today's movie so movie number 284 so i watched movie from 1984 and i picked what i felt like Was the biggest blind spot that i had on there and i i wish i didn't i I watched purple rain you know the prince movie um and i wish i just let this keep its mystique because i this didn't work for me uh like the musical performances were cool i liked the aesthetics but the story itself like was just kind of boring not well written or acted, and honestly very off-putting at points. Like, the first part of the movie, where he's kind of getting to know Apollonia or whatever, and he's being, like, a cute little weirdo, is fun to watch. But then the whole stuff with his family, like, his mom and dad fighting, felt really, like, very special episode sitcom And then when Prince himself hits Apollonia for, like, wanting to sing with the time, uh, just immediately makes me not care about his character, because then you're just, I don't know, it's just hard to root for him after that, and I'm trying to, like, view it from, like, of the time, and I think there is a way to, like, have a movie where, like, a man could be that abusive and then, like, redeem himself, but there's really no redeeming thing that he does. He's still, like, he goes through the traumatic experience of, like, his dad shooting himself in the head and somehow not dying, uh, and then he actually uses his bandmates, uh, song that he was a real dick about using anything they wrote earlier in the movie and then he plays purple rain and we're supposed to just be all back on his side i don't know it just it just didn't work uh, and then, like, also, like, the whole conceit, or, like, throughout the movie, he's playing all these, like, hit songs, and the guy who owns the club is, like, the songs just aren't hitting, man, like, they're not working, and everybody loves more Stay in the Time better, and, like, the Time songs are fine, they're good, but, like, the Prince performances and, uh, songs are, like, obviously better, like, objectively better, so it's, like, that's another weird, like, making yourself the underdog thing. It doesn't work, and it's funny. While I was watching this, I was looking at Twitter, um, because that's you know I spent a lot of the movies scrolling Twitter because I was kind of bored, and you don't really have to be engaged. uh, And some one of my friends posted a video from TikTok where the like the video was like a prompt saying like, "What famous person were you really into and then were disappointed about?" And then it was a guy talking about Prince and about how he like did some like fucked up shit, like his first wife he met when she was 16 and she was and she was a backup singer and dancer and then he married her when she was 19 and then, like, they had a baby, and he, like, refused her to get some, like, medical, uh, like, a doctor suggested a procedure to, like, check on the baby, and he, like, refused, which I think might have been part of his weird, and, like, he's some type of, like, Christian scientist or, like, weird Jesus thing. I just, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I remember the weird Kevin Smith story from, like, the first evening with Kevin Smith DVD where he talks about, like, filming that weird documentary that never got released. Uh, But, yeah, they refused, like, that procedure for the baby, and then the baby died a week after it was born, and then he made his wife go on Oprah and pretend that the baby, like, was still alive so that they could promote his new album that was coming out, just, and, like, I know, I know that, like, Prince had some, like, weird shit, that was the first time I heard that specific story, but it was just funny that that popped up, uh, during this, and, like, the guy in the video, he ended the TikTok with, um, going, like, and Purple purple Rain was not great, and, like, I was just, like, yeah, I think I agree, it's not great, um, so, yeah, so, I'll still give, I give Purple Rain, uh, three stars solely for, like, the musical performances and, like, the aesthetics, but it really, like, just killed some of the mystique for me, and, like, I'll still enjoy Prince's music, you know, you can, I can separate the art from the art, especially because he's, like, past or whatever, um, Prince is definitely, like, my David Bowie, like, old, like, musical genius who, uh, Obviously, is weird and fucked up, but you love him anyways. I don't get why people like David Bowie though. Also, I've never really listened to David Bowie, and I don't care to. Um, I don't know why I felt like I just felt like throwing in that David Bowie jab. I was I've been thinking about it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's all I got. Well, uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Okay, hey guys, it is Sunday, and I knew this was gonna happen, but I drove down to that wrestling show. Uh, I was supposed to go to two wrestling shows today a double header. And the main reason I felt comfortable buying tickets, I specifically bought them because it said this event will be held outside. So of course I drive down there. I try to time it to where I get, if the show is supposed to start at two, and I was going to get there a little after two so that people would be like set up around the ring. And that way I could find a comfortable spot away from people, uh, and, and try my best to enjoy it. Uh, but of course I drive down there, I get there at like Uh, 2.10, there's still a line of people waiting outside in the parking lot because they moved it inside, and the doors are supposed to open at 1, and they didn't let anybody in until like 2.20, so I just didn't go, I just, I I would have just been pissed the whole time, I wouldn't have fun, and I hate it, it sucks, it's so annoying that I don't like that this is what I'm like now, that this is how I feel about it, I wish I could just go (laughs) and fucking enjoy a show uh watch some death matches my one of my favorite things in this world to watch live but I just know that I would have been so uncomfortable and like I would have just been annoyed and feeling the effects of uh the real virus fear the entire time it would have that's so I don't know it sucked I requested a refund Hopefully they just give it to me. It's so frustrating. I miss that. We missed that window, like right after vaccines started to come out, when everything's like actually felt safe. Before like Delta variant and they were doing like Dodgers shows with like or <laughs> shows Dodgers games and like spaced out seating and all of that. Like that's when we should have. I should have like gone out and done something. Cause now it's just done. People are just don't give a fuck. We're just. It's over, <laughs> now. And now it's just gonna take like whenever I end up having to. And get a job again and being forced to be around people and becoming more comfortable with it because i'm uh i'm gonna need money to survive it's depressing it's a bummer so instead i bought wa- I, I went to uh the central library downtown because they had a couple of uh or supposedly had a couple of the hellboy books that i need so i drove over there, and I, I've been avoiding going to the central library for a while because I just hate going downtown, driving downtown especially because parking is a bitch. And so this is another situation that I made harder for myself. So I get downtown, I end up doing like three laps around the library trying to look for like street parking. In the first lap, I saw that there's like a library public parking. Thing, but it's like connected to the U.S. Bank building, and like there's a big sign that says like three fifty every ten minutes. I was like, "Fuck! I don't want to pay that. That's gonna be fucking awful." And then I did a couple laps and still couldn't find anything. I was just getting pissed off with like people's driving downtown. So I was like, "Fuck it! I'll just do the goddamn." <laughs> parking and of course I should have known this the library has a special like has validation so it was only a buck it's only a dollar to park there for an hour so whatever I'm a fool and then but of course I go in there and like Their graphic novel section is like split into like two different sections in the giant library and they're not very well maintained and that did not seem to be under any type of alphabetical order in either section, either by title or author. So again, the library system needs to just hire me to be the graphic novel guy. (laughs) And then (laughs) in the third very stupid thing, uh, I wanted to get, I saw that the Mobius, action figures in stock now. The Owen Wilson doll from the Loki show is at Target stores now. I was like, I'll go buy myself a doll. Make myself feel better. And so I go to the one in Glendale because it says that they have five of them in stock there. And of course, I couldn't find any anywhere. No workers around to ask. And it was busy, so I didn't want to bother with it anyways. So just a lot of silly, stupid, frustrating things where I make things harder than they need to be. Ugh. And also, I didn't eat well today, so I have a headache again, and this sucks. It's mostly because I spent most of the day driving around and being pissed off. So, anyways, in a nice contrast to the day, I really enjoyed today's movie. It was fun. Uh, we got movie number 285. So I watched 1985's reanimator by Stuart Gordon uh, and starring Jeffrey Combs and David Gale and Barbara Crampton and Bruce Abbott. Uh, and this was a fun one. I think I was kind of dreading getting into this one because I, I knew it was like a gory film. And it was. There's a lot of real <laughs> gross uh, gore in this, but it's like a cool story. All the performances are really good, especially Combs is great. As the reanimator himself, uh, Herbert West, which this is based off of a H.P. Uh, Lovecraft story, which I didn't realize that before I started up the movie, and yeah, it's just about this doctor um, w- Herbert West who somehow they never really go into the science <laughs> of how he has this solution that he injects into the brainstem, or and it can bring the dead back to life, and the fluid is this bright green uh glowing fluid and it's just glow stick liquid and i was like watching the movie and i wondered how they did it and then i saw that on imdb and i was just like oh duh that makes sense uh and so yeah he he like transfers he starts off in like switzerland or some shit and he tries to like bring back this dr hans gruber uh to life Uh, and there's like a real gross effect where his like eyes explode uh and then he transfers to boston where he ends up like roommates with this guy this doctor who works in the morgue and this is like our normie of the movie uh that we're supposed to like relate with and he has to deal with his like weirdo roommate and he like finds out about the reanimating through like his cat dies and they bring the cat back to life and it all just like snowballs like our normie character he like he tries to like report to the dean, who he's, like, sleeping with the daughter, so the dean doesn't like him because he's dating his daughter, and the dean, like, expels him or threatens to, like, take away his student loans, which drives him just back to Herbert West because he sees that, like, well, you are doing something, and I tried to tell the authorities, but nobody cared, so guess I'll help you, and then, like, they go and, uh, inject into a body at the morgue. They, like, sneak in there, and it's this big buff dude, and he's actually Arnold Schwarzenegger's stunt double, and, um, I don't know, and they, like, fight this like big roided up zombie for a while and then they like the dean comes and like catches them and the zombie like is like killing the dean and then fucking Herbert like kills him kills the zombie by like driving a bone saw through its chest in a really gross effect. Uh yeah. And then they bring the dean back to life and he just turns into like a zombie and like they think he's just a lunatic so they put him in asylum. And then there's like a whole other like our actual bad guy in the movie is this guy. This other like doctor who works at the uh this hospital i think it's like a learning hospital and he like learns about the reanimator fluid and he wants it for himself and he also like is very obsessed with the dean's daughter he like keeps like a lock of her hair and some like other creepy shit and also i watched the uh i watched the joe bob last drive-in version of for this one too which i'm glad i did i'm really enjoying i just like joe bob's vibe He's just a so nice, he's just nice to listen to, and I'm glad he has some really good information, and for this one, there's a whole, like, subplot that they cut out where, uh, this asshole doctor, Dr. Carl Hill, played by David Gale, where he's, like, he's a mesmerist, a hypnotist, and this is how he, like, gets other zombies to, like, follow him, and how he, like, turns the dean against so hard against, uh, our main normie dude, and, but they had to cut all of that out, but there's still, like, some effects of it in the movie, like, how he like I said how he turns the dean against so hard against this guy and how he like controls all the zombies at the finale uh so I'm glad Joe Bob told us about that um but I wonder if I watched it without knowing that if I even would have been confused or if I would have just accepted like oh sure of course uh this guy can control zombies um because like and him trying to steal like the fluid for his own uh glory uh dr west our main the (laughs) reanimator uh kills him and like takes his head off with a shovel and it's real gross but he brings the head back to life and for some reason bringing the head back to life also brings his body back to life even though they're not connected unless i missed him injecting uh fluid into the body which i may have so then it just turns into this like headless guy uh being an asshole for the rest of the movie and leads us to like a final confrontation in the morgue Where he, like, takes the Dean's daughter and, like, captures her and, like, takes off her clothes in a very, uh, gross scene where this headless, uh, or this head, bodiless head, uh, molests this poor girl. Uh, but then our two main dudes show up, save her, they turn her dad zombie, like, on their side because he's, like, injected all the other bodies in the morgue and so now he has all these zombies and he serves in this full-on crazy zombie fight and and then for some reason i guess uh in order to fight the evil doctor the actual evil doctor the reanimator like pumps the body the headless body full of like more fluid to giant syringes fluid full of the fluid into it which causes the body to like mutate and like the like ribs explode out and like the intestines come out and like strangle him. I don't it doesn't make the movie just fully goes off the rails at this point and that's fine. It's fun. But like the head gets squished, so all the zombies kinda stop, but one of the zombies like chokes out the dean's daughter and so her boyfriend like tries to save her and like in a mirror of like the, f- the first scene of the movie with him is him like trying to like resuscitate a patient and so he tries to resuscitate her but he fails but then he like takes out the fluid and he like injects her and that's like the last shot of the movie um good ending i don't know again i didn't mean to do a full uh recap it just kind of spilled out uh, and that was a very bad recap but it's a fun movie i suggest checking it out it's good horror I always feel so apprehensive about a horror movies. It's just like being nervous in general, I guess. The anticipation's always the worst. I always get so like wound up before I start them. But then you know, once I'm in there, it's fine. And I like having the the like Joe Bob last uh, drive in framework for this because it's like I know that this nice man with a slight Texan accent is gonna come in and like talk to me every once in a while and be like a release valve. So that's cool. Um, but yeah, reanimator, it's a fun time, uh, so I give it four stars. Good movie. Um, and that's it for today. We'll see you tomorrow. Okay, hey guys. It is Monday. I feel like I already forgot what I did today, because today's movie was long, and it's another one with a lot of IMDb shit. Um, what did I do? Projects here to work. Uh, went to a couple libraries to pick up the last few, uh, Hellboy books. I'm finally in the last stretch, so I should have, by the end of this week, I should have finally read everything in the Hellboy universe. Uh, pretty excited about it. We had a thunderstorm today. It was real exciting. We don't get those in LA very often. I felt like it came out of nowhere, because I've been, like, looking at, you know, the, like, 10-day forecast for a while, just to see when that, like, temperature is gonna go down. Uh, and... I didn't see anything about like cloudy skies or anything, but yeah, it just, I like didn't even, I like felt like I could smell the rain before I heard it because I had my headphones on and I was so confused. I was like, what is this smell? I can't remember that. And it's, it was rain. Uh, so that was exciting. Found out that my windshield wiper blades fucking suck. I just bought them too, like before summer, but maybe just sitting out there in the fucking heat, uh, fucked with them. I don't know. Whatever. Give me an excuse to go to Walmart tomorrow. Um yeah, all right. Today's movie, so movie number 286 so i watched 1986's aliens uh and this movie fucking rips it's so good i love this i think i maybe i said this when i reviewed aliens that i felt like i would like this one better since it's more of an action movie and it absolutely uh i was right uh much more my speed i feel like it's a great like a perfect sequel like builds off of the first one perfectly and like expands the world and makes great use of like how emotionally attached we all, like, you get to Ripley by the end of Alien, and then we're just following her uh, through this one, too, and they did a great job with the character, I felt like. It was uh, written and directed by James Cameron, Uh, and yeah, I'm not gonna go, (laughs) I'm gonna try not to go through the whole plot, but yeah, so Ripley, you know, she goes into, like, cryostasis at the end of Alien, and in this she, like a salvage ship finds her, and they wake her up, and we find out that it's been 57 years, and that she was just floating out there, and she's like shocked by this, of course. And I watched the extended version. Uh, I can only find a download of the extended. I even wanted to go to, try to go to uh, find a copy of the DVD of the library, but they only had a DVD of the extended version, didn't have a theatrical cut on it. At least I don't think it did. Um, But I'm glad I watched the extended because like it actually is pretty good, and, like, it adds some good, uh, beats, like, reveals that, I don't know if it reveals, but, like, Ripley had a daughter who was 11 when she, at the end of the first movie, and now she's, like, she died two years before Ripley came back, so that adds this whole, like, like, pathos or whatever of, like, Ripley being a mother who lost her child, and then we find out that, uh, the town, or not the town, the planet, um, LV426, as it's now known, uh, there are, like, colonizers on it, and she's like, what the fuck, like, you can't have people there, like, that's where the aliens are, and, like, of course, like, this big corporate um, uh, entity either doesn't believe her or is, like, choosing not to believe her, and so they lose contact. First, like, Ripley wants to go pick them all out, but they refuse because they have the terraforming colony there, and then they lose contact with the colony a little while later, and so they get Ripley, and then Paul Reiser is, like, this corporate stooge who's, like, uh, the contact with her. And I had a real roller coaster with this character. He ends up being a giant piece of shit. But there are moments where I liked him. Uh, what am I doing? So, yeah. So, then she goes to the planet with a group of uh, Marines, space Marines. And they find the abandoned colony and encounter aliens. And that's, like, the movie. Uh, they also, they, like, find a little girl. And so, that's where Ripley can project her, like, mother feelings on this little girl. And then there's, like, the alien mother like queen that the like the big fight what am i i'm trying to figure out how i want to do this i guess i'll take it I'll, i'll go back for a second with the the marines i like there's a lot of good characters in this movie and i like the marines a lot uh like um bill paxton is great of course vasquez i didn't really care for at first but i think that's because she was too cocky and that's annoying. And with the like the other guy who hold, who holds the fucking uh, giant gun with her, like the two big gunners, they were just too cocky. That annoyed me. Uh, but you know, Vasquez comes back around, even though she's brown facing the whole movie. But it, it you know it was a different time. um, I didn't realize I never realized how much Halo bit off of this movie. uh, And that was pretty cool to see. Like he got um, a pone who is, like, the sergeant, who's this, like, badass black dude with a mustache, and he's always, like, chewing on a cigar, and that's exactly the character, Sergeant Johnson, from Halo. And there's also the great, uh, the level in Halo 1, the flood, where, like, the Master Chief, you arrive on the, the ring, and he finds, like, the videos through, um, like, the private's, like, headset radio or whatever or video and he like watches what happens when they encounter the the flood the aliens and that thing and so they had those like same camera like pov shots in this movie with like the uh the soldier's name at the bottom of the screen i thought that was pretty cool uh what else? I don't know. This was just it was just fucking fun. All the effects are cool. Like I like the design of all the sets. Like this calling look cool and like the APC, like the big uh, tank that they drive around is pretty sweet. Um Oh, the another character I really liked is uh Lance Hendrickson as Bishop, who's like the automaton or the synthetic artificial human or whatever he calls himself, artificial person, and he just has a great look in this. Like his face is really good, and I like the contrast of in the first one the um the android was uh like the bad guy and in this one he turns out to be the good guy which you know real basic like flipping but it works for me uh Another thing that, like, kept me on edge throughout this movie is I felt like I remembered that Ripley dies in it from, like, pop, like, you know, pop culture osmosis. I thought, like, I know she dies in one, and then I thought, like, the next one just kind of retcons and acts like she didn't actually. I think that's from three to four. I could be wrong, but I thought it was this one. So the whole movie, I was just, like, not sure if she was going to die. And so that kept me uh, on the hook that last fight with the queen alien and like the power loader is pretty sweet even though the power loader is way too slow that alien queen should have fucked her up uh way faster but still pretty cool uh yeah this is uh it's just a fucking great movie i'm still my brain is mush because like alien one the I, it took me like an hour and a half to read all of the wikipedia and the imdb which had like 300 entries in it, and I like how I I make myself read all of this shit, only for none of it to come through <laughs> in this review, uh, because I don't know. There's nothing really I want to talk about. I don't really give a shit about how James Cameron didn't get along with the British, uh, Union crews, or whatever. Some of the effects stuff was cool, but I don't need to describe that to you. Whatever. I don't know. Aliens. Fucking sick movie. Five stars. I can't see any reason not to give it that, uh, and yeah, that's it for today, we'll, uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Okay, hey guys, it is Tuesday, I spent most of my day in, like, a pre-birthday, like, depressive funk, because today is my last day, or my last hour right now, it's 11-12 of, uh, being 31, which is so weird, it just feels wrong that I'm now fucking. 32, because, you know, I didn't, I've never been, like, the type of person to, like, picture where my life is gonna be in the future, which is probably how I ended up here, because I don't plan ahead, (laughs) but, like, you know, I didn't think I would be 32, unemployed, no income, sleeping on a twin-size mattress in a living room, uh, you know, just depressed and fat, but whatever, I don't know, I'll try to enjoy <laughs> my day tomorrow. Uh, actually just made plans with, um, I have a friend that I met, uh, through, they would volunteer at the castle to build our, like, Halloween sets, and they have the same birthday as me, and so we're gonna go get coffee, and that'll be nice. I haven't seen them, uh, in a long time. It'll be my first time, like, actively making a plan just to hang out with someone in probably over a year. Uh, definitely over a year. What am I talking about? Anyways fucking today's movie (laughs) I watched uh it was movie number 287 so I watched 1987's Lethal Weapon directed by Richard Donner produced by Joel Silver written by Shane Black with Mel Gibson and Danny Glover as everybody knows um and this movie rips it's great it's really fun I don't I don't think I knew it was a Christmas movie or maybe that slipped by I feel like if I would have known that, I would have watched this a long time ago. And I'll get this out of the way now. When it comes to, uh, action movies set around Christmas that take place in LA, uh, I think this whips die hard we're talking about a Christmas movie, you know? This movie is much more Christmassy. I mean, Mel Gibson, like, has a shootout on the fucking Christmas tree lot. How can you beat that? Um yeah both uh Mel Gibson uh and Danny Glover as Riggs and Murtaugh both very fun to watch great characters uh you know Riggs is a uh, mentally unstable uh they're both they're both police detectives or officers whatever the fuck Riggs is mentally unstable because his uh wife died a few like a year or two before the movie starts. Murtaugh's turning 50 and he's like worried about being the old man on the force and if he still got it and trying to get it through without anything happening because he has his family. They end up getting teamed up to uh, to on a case where a girl killed herself, apparently, by jumping out the fucking Capitol Records building, it looked like. But it turned into something bigger, like a draws them into a whole like heroin smuggling thing with a group of mercenaries from Vietnam and like both of our main guys they're like Vietnam vets too so that's a run a through line through this whole movie but, yeah it's just really cool uh Gary Busey plays a good bad guy he's like the second the right-hand man but he's like the main like action bad guy um there's some muddiness with the plot like the whole how the heroin thing works why they're exactly there doing it this way I can't remember exactly why they needed to capture Riggs and Murtaugh and torture them What information they thought they had. It was something about a shipment, but I feel like they should know about the shipments, or maybe it was just they wanted to know if the cops had the shipment. Who knows? And there's also, I wasn't clear on why the final, because, like, in the final, like, big showdown they, like, draw, like, Gary Busey gets to Murtaugh's house to, like, get revenge, because they've, like, fucked up their whole operation, and they, like, they capture him, they have him, like, a gun to his head, and, like, they could just arrest him, but then for some reason, uh, Riggs and Gary Busey have to have a fist fight in the middle of the pouring down from a broken, uh, fire hydrant, and it looks cool. It's a good fight, but I, I'm not sure exactly why they didn't just, uh, arrest him, and that's probably just so we have a cool fight. It's supposed, it's not supposed to make sense. And yeah, I don't know, I don't have too much to say besides that. I just had a fun time watching this, uh, my memory's a little fuzzy because I guess I should mention this because this is consume and I talk about the things I consumed. I tried the Taco Bell, it has like a new crispy, like, cantina melt taco or something. And like, I showed up on the app and, like, it was like, you have advanced access to this. Like, try it out. And so I got that before the movie, uh, when I picked up Dexter from work on the way home. And it's like a taco like it's not their usual crunchy taco shell it's more like a kind of like flaky country crunchy uh like freshly fried is like what they're going for and then there's like a layer of cheese at the bottom like both like melted cheese and nacho cheese and it was like a black bean taco And it's pretty good and it's a solid item and also i had like a, a reward i had built up points and so i got a free thing of nachos bel grande uh and i forgot to eat my like lactose pill my lactaid <laughs> with this. Uh, so it destroyed my stomach. So I had to take a, f- a few breaks during the movie to go sweat in the bathroom, uh, which again, gross. And I'm sorry I had to bring that up, but I felt like I'd be remiss to not talk about something I consumed on, on this podcast. Uh And yeah, so Lethal Weapon, uh, I was just going to give it four stars, but the, like the last shot of like it's Christmas dinner and Riggs shows up just to give like a little his little gift of his bullet he was saving for suicide to show that he's he's not thinking about it anymore. To give that to Murtaugh and they like invites him in uh for dinner and they like he asks if he can bring a guest and he like whistles and his dog goes running in and like the last shot and then like he goes in and like Murtaugh like fixes a, a light bulb that was out. Very like just a beautiful moment made me tear up a little bit so that that bumps it up to a 4.5 star experience for me and yeah uh that's it for today we'll, we'll see you tomorrow okay hey guys it is wednesday my birthday uh it was a nice day i've actually like been in a good mood all day which is nice when you got coffee with danny my birthday bud Uh, and that was cool. It was nice to talk to them for a while. Uh, catch up a little bit, you know, dip my toe back into being social. Uh, we just, like, got coffee and walked around Los Feliz for a little bit and then, like, sat outside the library. Uh, it was nice. It was a good talk. Uh, and then I just spent, like, the rest of the day chilling and, uh, replying to everyone's nice messages. Just telling a lot of people thank you and that I miss them. Cause i haven't seen any of them in forever uh got some birthday money uh from my mom and some from a friend so i bought myself some hellboy toys <laughs> uh and yeah i don't know it was a nice day i didn't like eat anything special really i made myself my usual like breakfast bagel sandwich with vegan bacon and vegan cheese vegan cream cheese and then i made a stir fry for lunch and then like for dinner, because Dexter offered like to buy me like something nice if I wanted or whatever, you know, and I just like couldn't think of anything I wanted to eat. I didn't want to like go anywhere. I didn't want to I didn't feel like doing anything. So we're just gonna save that for like the weekend and I just ate some frozen burritos. Which was, you know, it's nice enough. Um it's just a all around pleasant day. And I'm very thankful for that. But yeah, so Uh, today's movie is movie number 288, and see, I was, I came so close, and they came so close to this lining up perfectly, because I was born in 1989, so it would have been pretty cool if I landed on year 1989 for today's movie, but, and I like, I thought about doing a double feature sometime earlier in this week to, like, make it happen, but, you know, I just didn't feel like doing it any of those days, or today, uh, but I like that we came so close, that it worked out like that. Um, And so I watched uh, 1988's Hell Comes to Frogtown, which is not a big blind spot. It's not really something anybody should watch. Uh, I mostly you know the past few days and like tomorrow's movie i've been watching a lot of action movies and it's mostly because i've been obsessed with that action boys podcast and i already ran through all the episodes they've done of movies i have watched so i'm kind of i'm trying to like if one of my movies ears has a movie that they watched i've been watching that so i can listen to it and they did an episode on this um and i've been meaning to watch it for a while just because R- R- rowdy roddy piper is in it and it's always nice to watch him uh so yeah hell comes to frog town uh, starring Roddy Piper and, uh, Sandal Bergman Valeria from Conan the Barbarian. Uh, and this is, this is just a mind numbingly stupid movie. It's, it's very bad. Um, but it's fun in a, in a stupid way. Like, I had never really seen anything besides, like, the cover. And even then, I just remember the picture of Roddy. And I know that there's an area in L.A. called Frogtown. It's, like, just on the other side of Highland Park. So, like, part of me thought, like, maybe this was a movie about Roddy Piper coming to some rundown Los Angeles neighborhood and, like, stirring shit up. But no, it's a post-apocalyptic movie where Roddy Piper is one of the last... Like, nuclear weapons have wiped out most of humanity, most men, and a lot of people are sterile. So, Roddy Piper is one of the last fertile men, and he gets captured by the U.S. military, and he has a very high sperm count. (laughs) So, he signs a contract to, like, go out and make babies, and then Sandal Bergman is, like, his, uh the word, not captor, uh, I don't know, commanding officer, like, who's in charge of him, and they have to go on a mission to rescue a group of fertile women from Frogtown, which is a town of mutant frog people. Uh, and, like... In theory, Roddy Piper, who's playing a man named Sam Hell, fighting a bunch of frogs, mutant frogs, should be pretty cool, but it's just mostly boring. I mean, it's just, like, whatever. I don't know, so we're just following them on this mission. Roddy is, like, for some reason very apprehensive and, like, uh, fuck, what's the word? Insubordinate? He doesn't, like, he he doesn't want to work with the government, even though all he wanted to do was, like, impregnate a bunch of women and then, like, Sandal Bergman's character, like, of course, hates him at the beginning, but, you know, they end up falling in love, and I don't know, they go to the frog town, uh, some of the frogs, like, actually look cool, uh, I like some of, the, like, the, the mask and stuff, but I don't know, there's not really any good action, there's some funny lines, there's a ridiculous thing where Sandal Bergman, they get captured, and Sandal Bergman has to, like, uh, do a dance for the, like, leader of the frogs, uh, emperor toti not toti toti t-o-y t-o-t-y and he has she has to do the dance of the three snakes for him uh and this was supposed to be a newt dance but she refused and so she does it in lingerie uh and the three snakes end up being this mutant frogs uh three dicks that she had to dance to arouse. They didn't show the three dicks, thankfully, but they're heavily implied and then she kicks all three of them, which is cool. Uh <laughs> um, you know, and then they whatever, they get the girls, they escape. There's some an explosion or two. Uh Roddy Piper fights the Emperor Toti and throws him off a cliff. There is a weird parallel with this movie. So like, uh Roddy Piper's playing Sam Hell and he's like also known as Hellman, the, like, legend of the war, and he's fighting all these mutated frogs, and I've been reading a lot of Hellboy, and, like, the first big major conflict is them fighting a bunch of mutated frogs. So, and this came out in 88, and Hellboy didn't start till, like, 93. So, I wonder if Mike Magnola like, saw this, and it planted some weird seed in his head. Maybe not. I wonder how many, if anyone has made that connection, and now I have my weird thing to ever talk about with Mike Wignola if I ever see him at a convention or something, and so, yeah, that Hell Comes to Frog Town. stupid movie, uh, and, uh, I don't know, but it's fun to see Sandal Bergman kick ass in lingerie, and it's just always nice to watch Roddy being Roddy, even if it is a bad, a dumb character, so yeah, I'll, I'll give this three stars, a fine enough watching experience. And yeah, that's it for today. We'll, uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Okay, hey guys. It is Thursday, last day of our week. Um, today was kind of a nothing day. That's the usual. Bring Dexter to work. Come home and read for most of the day. Left the house in the middle of the day to get gas at Costco. Very exciting stuff. Um, got a, a birthday gift from my mom in the mail. She got me a corn coffee like the band corn uh coffee tumbler uh and it's great it says corn coffee with both with k's uh of course on it in real big letters very excited to finally uh drink my coffee the correct way um both of those were with k's also in case you couldn't tell uh and yeah so fuck it uh let's just get into the movie so today was movie number 289 and i watched 1989's Lethal Weapon 2, uh, decided to just go ahead and hit this one too, mostly so I could listen to the Action Boys episode, like I said already, uh, and this one's fun, I did not enjoy it overall as much as I did the, uh, first one, but I did like how in this one everyone seems so comfortable with each other, like Mel Gibson and Danny Glover both, uh, they like actually seem like friends, so it's like fun seeing them talk, uh, when they introduce Joe Pesci, uh in this he it's he adds a good element too i like him i think he's fun um the overall like plot though i didn't really care for uh like it's fine you know we we drop in like in middle of a car chase with them and for some reason they're driving Murtaugh's like actual car and there's like a running bit throughout the whole movie about his station wagon getting more and more destroyed But, yeah, they're, like, chasing this guy because it's, like, it's supposed to be, like, a drug bust, but then it, like, escalates, and for some reason they have, like, submachine guns and helicopters, uh, and, um... They, up, they don't end up catching the guy, but they, like, get his car, and his car has, like, a trunk full of gold coins, or cougarans. And, um, it turns out they're, like, these South Africans, like, racist South Africans who, uh, are, like, the head of this, like, drug operation. And the guy is using his diplomatic immunity, um, to, like, cover for it. Uh, and then they end up, like, are oh, that night, Murtaugh gets, his family gets threatened by uh, yeah, this, like, weird group of South Africans, which then just becomes a way for them to write out his family for the rest of the movie, because they're all gonna be in hiding, uh, and then they get, like, put on for some reason, like, they have to babysit Joe Pesci, because he's a guy who's gonna, like, uh, testify, so he's being, like, protected by, like, police and like they weren't put on this case specifically because it relates to the car chase but it ends up being directly related to the char- car chase like I think Joe Pesci was like helping them launder money and he was like skimming money off the top I don't know and then yeah that's the whole movie is just them like uh dealing with these assholes and I'm just gonna jump to the end and like major spoilers for the end but the part that I didn't like is so like throughout all of this uh Riggs um, ends up falling for the secretary of the big bad guy. He just happened to see her and I guess fall for her immediately. And so he like ends up <laughs> stalking her and then asking her out on a date. And she goes with it because it's a movie. Um, so but then they get like caught and the bad guys kill her and then reveal that Mel Gibson's wife, who there was the reason he was suicidal in the first movie, because he she died that these bad guys killed her too, because the case that he was working, uh, like, cause he used to be in vice. So the drug case he was working, it was them. He was getting too close to them. So the, this like hitman ran his car off the road thinking he would be in it, but no, it was just his wife. And then he implies that like his wife didn't die right away. And he like tortured her, uh, or like, you know, made her death slow, uh, awful shit. And so with the re- reveal that he killed his wife and his new girlfriend, um, like, drives Riggs into, like, a just, like, revenge craze for the last part of the movie, and, I don't know, it just didn't connect with me, it felt like trying too hard to, like, justify, uh, cops running around, uh, being able to kill all these bad guys with no qualms, you know, and, like, it's a fine, like, there's some fine action sequences, like, when Riggs, like, destroys the fucking house by, like, tearing it down, that's pretty cool, uh, and some of the cargo sh- stuff on the cargo ship at the end is cool. But I don't know. It just didn't... uh It just rubbed me the wrong way for some reason. But, like, overall, a fun movie. These characters are still fun to watch. Uh, and, you know, it's not a bad plot or anything. It's just, like, not my favorite. Uh, I should probably add three and four to my watch list now, too. I don't know when I'll get to them. Uh, but, you know, eventually, I'd like to watch those. Oh, also, and this isn't important at all, but... Uh, the actor Jack McGee, who was the old fire chief in the TV show Rescue Me, is in this for a small like, bit part as a carpenter, which gives there a reason for uh, Murtaugh to kill a bunch of people with a nail gun later in the movie, is in this, and I just liked seeing him. Uh, it's been, I used to, <laughs> I really liked Rescue Me when I was younger. Um, there's no way that show holds up now, though, but I really enjoyed it, and it was nice to see him. It felt like seeing a an old friend. Um, but yeah, uh, that's all I got for Lethal Weapon 2, uh, and, uh, I give it four stars, and yeah, that's it, that's it for the 80s, and that's it for, uh, this week, uh, so thank you for listening to Consume, I've been Burton Olivier, at BirdZor on everything, if you have any questions, comments, recommendations, you just want to talk, whatever, uh, yeah, and with that, and with that, it's time I disappear.